Let's get ready for some wheel nerds. Hey, and welcome back to Wheel Nerds. I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. Back for another week to annoy you about motorcycles and... Stuff. Always stuff. Yeah. We have so much stuff. We got some good stuff to talk about this week. Flowing with stuff. We've got an interview this week with a real live person who isn't us. Wow. (laughs) My hand is really tired from operating the sock puppet. (laughs) Could you put the lipstick back on the sock puppet? I have to go. (laughs) (laughs) No, we have uh, Brent Allen, Captain Crash of uh, video and book fame. Yes, he uh, authored the book Motorcycles Life and dot, dot, dot. We'll cover that later. And the How's It Done video series. Both. Very very cool stuff. Both extremely cool and not probably as dry as their titles might suggest. Not dry at all. The book is actually a really fun read. It's a 200-page book, and I I killed half of it in like a day. Cool. And the videos, the videos are major giggles. They are uh, short, so you can get what you need out of them. And then usually he'll do a stoppy or a wheelie or some sort of entertaining trick or sick or chase seagulls across a parking lot. Awesome. It's pretty cool. That's, I want to talk about my scary moment of the week. Okay, so it rained yesterday, right? And uh, I was riding the Buell. And, uh, you know, we've got the trolley tracks, mm-hmm. the tracks, yep. railroad tracks to go down the middle of the street. And I was in the left turn lane that, that straddles those tracks. Sure. So, you know, I put my boot down on the track and it, it slipped. And I was like, wow, that's slippery. And then I go to turn left. I'm, I'm not clear exactly what happened. But what I think happened is uh, I was still going straight. I hadn't really started my left turn yet, but I crossed the track. And when the rear wheel hit that track, the whole bike just went whoop, whoop. Yep. And that was my pucker moment. You'll get that. I've got a, I've got a metal plate right turning onto my road. Right, just this little little water access plate, and it's dead smack in the middle of where you'd want to turn a motorcycle. And when that thing is wet, holy crap. Yeah. My feet flailed out. The, the whole end just kind of scooted. It felt like it scooted six inches, but I'm sure it wasn't that bad. I wouldn't surprise me if it did. I've seen Claire's bike do that on uh, oh. tar strips, and that's pretty scary when a 700-pound bike does that in front of you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was fortunate enough that my direction of motion and the rear wheel were still lined up enough that the bike didn't say, get off. <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> Get off now. <laughs> so wait, Chuck. You rode in the rain? Oh my god. I rode in the Did rain. Did you get wet? <laughs> Fortunately, I was wearing my space suit. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> you know that's funny. I was in Parowan, Utah. A uh, while ago, that was before my Route 12 ride, and I go into the liquor store because I'm about done riding and I want some beer. And there's a closet in the closet, so it's like <laughs> the, the liquor store is like a closet, and there's a cl- tiny closet within it that sells beer. That has beer in it. <laughs> you know, like you can get almost two six packs side by side, and it. it's so big. Now, is someone giving you disapproving looks while you go into the liquor store? No, there's nobody around. No, oh, groovy. So I go to the liquor store and I uh, pick out some beer, and then I hear behind me in this voice, in like. This accent. Man, you look like a spice man in that suit. <laughs> Turn around, and sure enough, there is a dude in the cowboy hat and the tucked in flannel shirt. Did he have a big belt buckle? Yes, he did, as a matter of fact. How did you know? <laughs> Could you bounce bullets off of it? I reckon so. <laughs> Was there a hand rolled cigarette in his mouth? That it- yeah, and he started talking to me about his mule and how he was really, the mule was very sensitive. And No, not really. What? <laughs> Clint Eastwood? No, got nothing. 
Fistful of Doll. No. Oh, you mean the copy of the really good Japanese movie? That one? Yeah. Yeah, no. I was thinking the really good cowboy copy of the boring Japanese movie. What? <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> it's a national masterpiece. Uh-huh. Get out of my house. <laughs> I want to start this week by breaking all previous expectations. I want to read a good ad. So this good ad is like super long, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. But it's uh, showed up in our local classifieds for a Kawasaki Drifter that's been customized a bunch. He wrote a damn essay. He wrote a damn essay about it, but here's the thing about it. Motivated seller, all offers considered. It's sold, by the way. Go figure. You know, and he gives a little pitch about warm weather's coming, save some gas. And rather than telling a long, boring story, he says, here's what's for sale. It's a Kawasaki Drifter Indian Chief clone. Talks about why it's cool. He talks about how cool everyone will think you are on it. I can't believe going a little long. But, <laughs> but the, 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 the thing about this ad is there's nothing in it that he tries to, like, get fancy about. It's got custom paint. It's a faux patina done, blah, 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 talks about how he did it. You know, and everything on here is pretty straightforward. It's custom leather. Not, it's custom leather, it's totally rad. He's like, it's custom leather, this is what it's made out of, and this is what it's done with. It's pretty pretty soft. Giovanni Nicoli of Nicoli Design. That yep. sounds fancy. Yeah, well, but I mean, it's it's true, and he's selling it. He's just yeah. he's laying it on the table, because if somebody wants a bike like this, he lays it on the table, and they're going to buy the bike. Yeah. So I, I thought that was, you know. Custom powder, custom leather, custom exhaust, custom shifter, custom yep. intake, custom fender. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Miscellaneous. Mm-hmm. Very straightforward about the bike. You know, he doesn't do any of the stupid title stuff. The like Indian, not a Suzuki, not Honda. You see on eBay. I hate that. <laughs> Here's a list of a whole bunch of bike bike manufacturers that will make you look at my ad for what you don't want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing like unqualified readers. <laughs> Just look. In contrast to the actually customized drifter, which he sold as actually a drifter made to look like an Indian. And that looked like a pretty cool bike. It was a pretty cool I bike. Would, he did I a great job I would like to have gone seen that bike. Did a bitchin' job. We have the classic Honda for $2,400, <laughs> a number which will become important later. Wait, classic Honda? Classic Honda. Is there... Yeah, I mean, uh, do those words ever go together in a sense? Yes, this one is totally classic. Let okay. me tell you all about it. Okay. One of a kind! It's all in caps. <laughs> 1979 Honda CX500 Custom. They only made one of those? Uh, no, Custom in this case meant it had the high tank and the buckhorns. Oh, okay. Round eyes love buckhorns. <laughs> buckhorns! V-twin engine, water-cooled, shaft drive. Sounds very custom so far. Vetter windjammer fairing, Honda line adjustable. Bar and rack, Honda line chrome engine guards, new battery, original toolkit. Believe it or not, it has only 3560 original miles. On Wait, it. what? This bike is 10, 20, uh-huh. 30 something years old and mm-hmm. it only has 3500 miles. Drink it all in. Was you it know, in the barn? I think so. This this is a this is a this is a barn bike. There are mice living in that windjammer. Well, it does say always garaged. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And a new inbox cycle cover, which means he's never used the cover. Well, it was in the barn, wasn't it? <laughs> With the chickens. <laughs> so here's the, here's the thing. I love this. It's one of a kind. A 1979 Honda CX500 Custom, of which only several thousand were imported to the U.S. You realize the Custom was only made for the U.S. market because round eyes left buckhorns. So, well, it's true. Well, yes. <laughs> we bought them in record numbers, so I guess we must. No Japanese bike from the late 70s or early 80s, except for this one, has a Vetter Windjammer fairing on it. Or the adjustable sissy bar and rank. Or a Honda Line basic sissy bar. Or chrome right. engine guards. Or chrome engine guards. I mean, that's insanity. I can't believe he has all of those things. They are so incredibly rare. 
<laughs> Especially the windjammers. Folks, if you don't have a windjammer on your bike, there's someone who wants to give you their windjammer. Someone who might give you money to take the windjammer. Oh, my God. It's the exact same windjammer, Purple Rain. <laughs> oh, Is it oh turn it off. Oh, God. Oh. Todd's shaking. Oh, He's God. shriveling in his seat. Oh, Lord. I'm, I think I might have to hose the seat down later, folks. <laughs> I don't want that. Wow. You know, and that's, that's the fairing that I always think of when I think of – Old crappy fairings I never want to be seen. <laughs> old <behind>. crappy fairings <laughs> on every old crappy Japanese bike. Yes, exactly. That's it. Wow. Yep. So it's totally one of a kind. No other CX500 Custom has those accessories. In that color. Except for all of them. <laughs> Fortunately for classic Honda guy, there's another option. And the bike's still available. The bike is still available. Not sold like our, our friend. But I don't yet. think that's going to last forever because... We have the perfect... Per- we need to get these two together. Deals of the century together, $2,400. Here we go. I would like to trade my BMW 1989 750IL for a bullet bike 1000s. Oh, whatever. Let's screw that. Or $2,400 cash. Make an offer. $2,400. What an oddly specific number. You know, he doesn't want a bullet bike 1000cc. I think he wants a one of a kind Honda CX500. Yeah. I got some money to pay for the different of your bike. He, he won't even need to use any of his money. It'll be a straight trade. It has 18... 180,000 miles. That's a lot of miles. On <laughs> a V12 motor. It's not a kid's car. <laughs> Runs and drives. Very good. Uh, English teachers everywhere just died inside. <laughs> Text and calls anytime if you have any question. Okay, so clearly this guy... Needs to get together with the CX500 guy. Yeah. A nasty little part of me is really tempted to send their contact info to one another. <laughs> <laughs> just just register on Gmail for a couple accounts. <laughs> CX500 dude. BM dude. Well, we have to. we got their numbers. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just text them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Something like, hey. Lols, here's my number. <laughs> I would love to trade for my Beamer. Yeah. And you just say, hey, I've got a Honda. Here you go. Let's trade your car for my... Well, it has buckhorns. He won't be able to resist. <laughs> a bullet. Okay, so he wants a, a, a leader bullet bike. Bullet bike being Utah dummy code for sport bike. Yes. He, he wants the CBR. R. 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 <laughs> and he wants to trade... What did you call this car earlier when you saw it? It's a hoopty. He wants to trade his hoopty for a, a cool it's bike. It's a V12, huge-ass German sedan, and it's $2,400. This car is a total hoopty. I do not want to see the inside of this car. I live in fear of the inside of this car. There are raccoons living in the trunk of this car. <laughs> Possibly the same raccoons that went to go visit the Honda. Yes. <laughs> yes, they know the squirrel family that lives in the Honda. They, they have exchange, garden parties together. They exchange Christmas cards. Mm-hmm. You know it. Okay, so I, I'm going to... Not go out very far on a limb here and say this is, would be this guy's first bike. You know, I think you might be right. He's he's got his car and he's like, I want a cool bike. I want a bullet bike thousand cc. Yep, that's my criteria. Bullet bike thousand cc. Take my hoopty, please. <laughs> <laughs> I want to park at the gas station with all my other friends. <laughs> Something that'll look good at the gas station because they're starting to laugh at my hoopty because it's a grandpa car. <laughs> no one. Betty won't go out with me. Our array of 20-something <laughs> douchebag names is increasing by the day. 
Betty or Sally, neither one of them are going to give me the time of day until oh I got God. my Hayabusa. This guy is a Victor. Victor, yeah. That's weird. That's like an old guy name. <laughs> he had to be young. Every Victor had to be young at some point. If he's got a grandpa car. It could be inherited. He just turned 40. Oh, there you go. Now he needs a bullet bike 1,000cc. Yeah. Okay, I can buy it. I totally buy it. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we need to get Victor and what's the other guy's name here? Vic and Jimmy need to get together. Yes, Vic and Jimmy. They're going to do a straight-up trade. It's going to be sweet. He'll be sick on that Honda. He's going to be totally sick. He's going to get the girls at the gas station. Mm-hmm. They're going to bring the milkshake out to the yard. All right, so we got our first Wheel Nerds interview in this episode. Yes. With Crash. We've got uh, Brent Crash Allen on. He's originally from the San Francisco Bay Area. Got his first bike in 1981, a 1978 Honda XL500S. Yep, it liked to kill me. It wanted to hurt me, but that's okay because we were friends. Well, that must be why you trained as an Idaho State Motorcycle Safety Instructor. Yeah, that was one of those, hey, you want to try this? And I went, okay, sure. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and you were so good at it, you got the Shining Star from Idaho Star Award. Yep. And an award of merit. So you're a good teacher. Are you sure you didn't get the shining star from shooting Starburger in Utah? Because that's, that's a suspicious name. <laughs> Did they I, sing a song about you being a shining star and there's candles being waved aloft? You're a shining star. <laughs> you need to stop now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm having a Debbie Boone flashback here. So <laughs> Let's see. You've also done a series of motorcycle safety videos, the How's It Done, which have received over a half million views on YouTube. We, we, we've come nowhere near that with our show. We hope to hit as many as 10 listeners Yeah, by the end of the month. Now, here's the interesting part. You've worked as a t- truck driver and equipment operator. I, I assume that means like porn sex toys. Um, mechanic, a gas jockey, a freight handler, and a pineapple picker. Wait. Yeah, I've done a lot, of, a lot of stupid stuff before I could find what I was kind of good at. I want to know about the pineapple picking. How do you find uh, pineapple picking affects being a high school teacher? <laughs> Well, here's the deal. What it does is when you're walking through a pineapple field, I was about 16, and kind of the offer was you could go pick pineapples or maybe visit with the California Youth Authority for a while. And I said, oh. pineapples. I'm in. Mm. I'm in. That and, makes uh, sense. And, and it teaches you that, boy, you really don't want to be a pineapple picking fool the rest of your life, man. Right. So now you're a high school teacher making bad student films and telling parents their kids suck too much to have any sort of highlight reel to get into college with. Yeah, I do that to him every once in a while. You got to be real. You got you to. You, you get a kid who comes in and says, he says, "I want all my highlights," and then you say, "Well, what, what are you doing?" Well, I'm gonna send them to Oregon State, and they're gonna they're gonna give me a scholarship. And so I turn to my guys. I got three guys at each game shooting kind of thing. And I go, "Guys, we need highlights of this guy." And they go, "But he's Mr. Allen. He's never played before." <laughs> he, we've got footage of him picking up girls. Hey, you know that that guy that guy can that that bench never once floated up and away and injured anyone. Uh, we got, all we got is pictures of him picking splinters out of his butt from riding the pine. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can't Chuck, help you, Chuck. Is is that a sports thing? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. There's close. There's this thing we do in high school: play sports. People come to watch. There's uniforms. There's Sometimes sports equipment scores I, are kept. I don't understand. Cheerleaders cheer. Are those girls? You know, you know, in a smaller town, it's not a bad Friday night. It's that thing you were doing, playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, in oh, a closet with oh, your other all friends. All the kids who got girls were doing that stuff instead. Right. Gotcha. So, social interaction and stuff like that. You yeah, know. And, you know, instead of you're rolling. Hey, 
Hey, Dice. hey, I have a plus four charisma modifier, so you just back the hell off. I had a date. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I just don't throw the six-sided dice because that confuses me, okay? <laughs> it's kind of one of those, hey, you want to see my van kind of a thing. Do you want to see my 20-sided <laughs> dice? You know, you know, we talked about the van, yeah, recently, and we we decided that the the second worst pickup line in the world is "Hey, baby, want to see my van?" <laughs> the first, of course, is "Shh, you'll wake my mom up." You know what? The first thing I learned is that the kids have gotten smarter in the last few years because I'm I'm in high school, I'm new to teaching, I'm standing there, and I'm sitting in my room trying to do that teacher thing, and there's a girl and she's crying. I go, "What's what's the problem here?" She can't talk. I turn to the girl next to her. What's what's the deal? She's Oh, she just got dumped. Oh. They go, really? And, and then I started paying attention. And what boys do now is they, like, walk their girlfriend, apparently, to my class. They stand in the door with them. They wait till about 15 seconds before the bell rings. And they go, oh, yeah, by the way, it's over. And then they run away. And then they come into my room and sit there and cry until I go, like, take them to the counselors. Do something. See, I figured that, you know, in this day and age, it'd be like the text message or the Facebook status. You know, her phone would ding in class. And she'd be like, oh, no. And you're sitting there in a classroom, and I'm showing a, a short section of video to talk about something. The lights are down, and all of a sudden there's, like, glowing blue legs. And I'm going, <laughs> like, I can't see that. Like, you know, what's wrong with you? You're texting. No, I'm not, dude. The freaking table underneath looks like a low rider. It's blue. It's glowing. I can tell you're texting. Oh, you can see that. <laughs> well, it's because yes, you have specially trained video teacher eyes. Oh, Very sensitive yeah, to know, light. They're because knuckleheads. They're like newbie riders. They're just, you know. They're, you're paying they're, attention to the children as opposed to their parents. Uh, yep, Zing. Uh, uh, you won't tell anybody. I'll tell you a secret about about high school. Should it's we cut part this? Part daycare. Oh, that's no secret. That's not a secret. <laughs> we went through high school. I've been there. <laughs> hey, let's talk about your book. Okay. Um, I started reading it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm halfway. So if you read slow, you'll be okay. <laughs> He's got your number. I'm halfway through the book. Thank you. No, I didn't Are say you anything. enjoying it? I am. You know, it's completely not what I thought it was going to be. I was expecting a Keith Code book. Oh yeah, it's not but, that. Not at all. No. Todd, Todd has a reaction to Keith Code. Keith Code did the Keith Code book pretty well, and the world doesn't need more Keith Code books. Besides which, he looks like a supervillain. Crazy white hair and like the little like uh, soul patch thingy he's got going on. He'd be totally, you give him a white cat and a cape, <laughs> I swear to God. I, I'm pretty sure if you write a Keith Code book, he looks at you right and you you explode into flames. <laughs> I, I totally would believe it. Or he, or he, you know, he's like, hmm, pushes a button on his desk and like the floor opens up and there's fire. And there's sharks. Sharks <laughs> with crap. laser beams. <laughs> Well, you know, part of life is knowing what you do and doing it well and letting the other people do what they do well. And there's a plethora of books out there that means a lot. And I didn't want to write one on just writing technique because the things that make you a good writer are going to pay off in your life. In other words, if you're aware of where you are and what's going on around you, unlike most of the high school students I deal with, <laughs> your life's going to go what? better. Pay attention, Chuck. Uh-huh. What? I'm sorry, I was texting. Proceed. That's okay. We could tell because the phone was glowing blue. <laughs> I'm, I'm dumping my girlfriend. Hold on. Wait a minute. Oh, dude, you put the smiley face at the end because that just kind of at least puts a Band-Aid on it, right? Yeah, it makes it all better. It's a smiley face. <laughs> Over smiley face. We'll ooh, be friends. Ooh, ooh do you yes. think? Do you think yes, when I hate you, winky face? <laughs> Can I ask your friend out? Send Letitia's phone number to me, please, if you don't mind. <laughs> I gotta ask. Do you think when Harley dumped Eric Buell, they put the winky face at the end? <laughs> I think that Buell really brought something to them that they didn't have. Damn right. And 
and and that's part of what the when I wrote, when I wrote, started writing the, the the essays that are in the book. The one of the things that I really realized is you know we, one of the key mantras you beat into people's brains when you're training them is look where you want to go, and and when they let you go, and, and that said we don't want to go that way, and I really think it was a neat direction that we were headed with, and I was kind of sad to see it go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chuck. Chuck's while you've been talking about Buell been licking his Buell, Buell VIP thing. He got. Hey, where's your where's your golf koozie with the Buell stuff? <clears throat> the cup holder is on the Buell. <laughs> Chuck got the uh, the paraphernalia that he ordered with the uh, the shirt and the badge and, and the, the patches yeah. and, and the Eric Buell album and the Eric Buell album. <clears throat> Just don't wear it all at once while you're dumping your girlfriend. That could not work. That might not work. She's a Harley rider. <laughs> Maybe you no, should wear it no, to no. you. Let's talk about the book. The book. The book. Stick with oh, the book. Yeah. Who were you writing this book for? Um, I actually started writing it kind of just, just for myself. Those little things that you do on your motorcycle are the little things you do in life. And there's a real correlation there. On, on Life doesn't have to be hard, man. Riding a bike doesn't have to be hard, and life don't have to be hard. You don't have to make it more difficult than it really is. You encounter yeah. some people that want riding to be really, really difficult. And it, it yeah. doesn't. It's simple. A simple adjustment saves the whole thing. And, and I realized in working with teenagers, teenagers want things to be really, really complicated sometimes. It's like, dude, this is just simple. Just write the frickin' paper and turn it in, and you're going to pass, and you're going to graduate. Shut up and do it, man. There's a little anger there. That doesn't sound entirely hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, are you listening? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you I had a kid in today that I came in to visit him. He's a senior. He didn't graduate. You know, and they come in and visit you afterwards, and, and you get to talk to him, and you can, then you can tell him the truth and, and give him the no BS version of, look, you, you screwed the pooch here, but you can fix it, and you need to. And it's not as hard as you think to fix it. Smart kid. Really nice kid, but just couldn't get it done. Hmm. So the book, for Todd's benefit, essentially organized like a series of essays mm -hmm. about a topic, and he starts out by telling a little story, and then he relates it to motorcycling. So, for example, there I was having a three-way with a couple of Mexican hookers, and that's a lot like picking your line through a curve. I really want this book now. <laughs> it, it, it can go very poorly for you if you don't do this right. Yes. <laughs> And, and it's just like topic after he just hits a different topic after topic. It's not like a narrative stream. He's you can almost see him there, like oh, I want to talk about this right now. And he he tells this cool little story that he pulls out of his pineapple picking bull riding. I mean, the dude's done all kinds of weird stuff. Let me get uh, you want a story. I'll give him, I'll give you a, a hand here. I'll tell you the Pavarotti story because the Pavarotti story is not in the book. Okay. Here it goes. I'm, I get hired. Guys call me up and say, I'm a freelance camera operator. They call me and say, hey, come over, and we're going to, Pavarotti's going to be in town, and we need cam a couple of camera operators for the big screens, and, and we'll pay you. And, and, and I'm always in if there's money. So I say, <laughs> okay, great. And I show up, and, and I'm wearing, you know, my, uh, you know, dusty Sunday clothes, and, and I wander in, and, and we're doing fact where we check to make sure everything works. And it's just me, another camera operator, TD. The Boise Philharmonic is up on, on the stage. It's in the big taco Bell Arena, which is not the Taco Bell Arena, but the Taco <laughs> Bell Arena, and it seats about twelve grand. And and all of a sudden, I'm sitting there and I've got my headset on. We're talking about make sure everything's worked, talking through some shots. And all of a sudden, I tell watch and all the doors are starting to get closed. And anybody who's sitting in there just in it because about two hours before the show, they start running them out and they close all the doors. Security guard comes up to me, looks at me, and I go, "We're do TV, us TV now here thing." And he goes, "Okay," <laughs> and then he leaves. Did so you fail me? me? <laughs> it's me, the other camera operator, the technical director, and the Boise Philharmonic sitting in this big frickin' space. And all of a sudden, out comes Pavarotti. And it turns out that, that, that Pavarotti, when he does his practices, nobody's allowed the building. 
And I huh. go, oh, cool, he must be a diva. Maybe he goes insane and yells at people. Maybe he, he'll beat someone to death with a bassoon or an elbow. It'd be cool. <laughs> Wait, what does he do? I'd pay money to see that. I bet he takes his clothes off. Who, who would, well, he comes out in a blue, a blue velvet kind of, you know, running suit kind of a thing. And a hat. And he comes <laughs> out and he goes over and he... He turns them. He so he, he looks wait, like. Wait, stop. Wait, he looks, Pavarotti, Pavarotti is an Oprah watcher. Blue, <laughs> he looks like. He's in a, blue, he's in a light blue velour. He looks like somebody from The Sopranos. It's, it's like Seinfeld, kind of, you know? With I, I'm, I'm totally seeing him in like the Oprah audience in that getup. I'm yeah. seeing him like snuffing people. <laughs> it, was, it was what you'd expect John Gotti would wear on vacation somewhere where he's not going to be seen. Yeah, I've been resisting the urge to make an Italian joke all this time. Okay, well, it's, it's he's an Italian in a tracksuit. He's obviously snuffing people in Jersey. <laughs> he comes on, he starts, he starts singing, and, and I'm going, okay, cool. I'm wondering why nobody's here. I, I guess maybe he's afraid he's going to record it. I don't know. And all of a sudden, he just kind of waves his hands in front of himself and stops them, and they all just you know do what I would do. Pavarotti said, "Stop!" I stop, and then he walks over to uh, I think it was a cellist. He walks over. Uh-oh. And he and he doesn't and he doesn't yell at him. He just walks over and he comes over and he sings the part the way he wants the part played. And he sings to him. And then they start up again. They go for a while and he stops him again. He walks over to somebody else and he sings the way he wants it done. And the motorcycle tie-in here is it's very tempting for people to go and yell at new new riders or somebody who's doing something stupid. Oh, you're an idiot. You're going to die because you're doing this. Oh, I can't believe you bought a 1,000cc bike. You're a dead man and all that stuff, which immediately destroys and ends all constructive conversation. But if you were to walk over and say, hey, that is a really nice bike, and then all of a sudden... You know, well, you know, you know, it'll be. It's really going to be responsive when you turn the throttle, right? Oh yeah, it's really. Yes, you want to be real careful with that. Now you've got a conversation going. You're mentoring, and you can help that person become better. And that's what the book's kind of full of is those little experiences and how those things are exactly the same. You know, life is the same whether it's you're riding bikes or you're trying to get the Boise Philharmonic second cellist play their part right. If you yell at them, you're not going to get anywhere. But if you come up and you engage them and you show them then you're going to get somewhere. Much more effective to do something like, uh, you know, turn your head when you turn, don't look down at the cones. See, Are you going to do stuck. that at your That's class? That's going to be in your head next time you're out on the range. Oh, absolutely. Look up here at me, not at the ground, you fool. Yep, I'll, that's done. I'll come record it. <laughs> I, you know, if you put just a little, a little bit of funky sitar music behind that, I think you got something. <laughs> that was... We're there. That was Italian opera. <laughs> well, that's why you put the yeah. sitar in it. So it, does, it, comes, it throws Keep a little Eastern flavor that. in there. Surrounded by peasants. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> the book is full of stuff like that. It's really cool. And the, mm-hmm. the other angle I really like about this book, and there's actually, he's got one of his stories that addresses this spot on, but the whole book is filled with the idea of, I'm not the safety Nazi. I like wheelies, too. <laughs> you know, I've seen the videos, and uh, I can verify that. Well, you know, he comes across as, you know, very kind of real world, mm-hmm. not, you know, do this, do that, you know, must never, don't, kind of. So we shouldn't play the crash intro music <laughs> before we start this segment when I edit it together. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Uh, I, I play a good uh, rung out on the on the uh, on the rev limiter kind of uh, V twin might kind of be cool actually, but that's <laughs> but that's one of the important things. So when I start teaching high school, I always in high school thought I think that this teacher hates kids, and then when I start teaching high school, I found out there are teachers that hate kids. Well, and, yeah, I hate yeah, computers, and, and I well, work in computers. <laughs> 
Well, they, they, we always say that the people teach elementary school because they love kids. People teach high school because they love the subject, and no one really understands why anybody teaches middle school. I met people that I thought, you know, I don't think you like the children you're working with. You don't, you don't like these kids, and you're, you, they're immediately preset with this, I'm going to fix you attitude, and it comes across as, hey, you know what? I, I like to do wheelies, and I like to do stoppies, okay? They're fun, and it's fun to go um, in, uh, let's see how he says, it's fun to ri- ride robustly and potentially break the posted speed limit. Uh, but you know what? That doesn't mean you can't be concerned with doing safe and wise things. As soon as you get in that place where you say, you are bad because you do this thing, first off, you're going to be a hypocrite because you're going to do it too eventually. And second, people <laughs> stop listening to you. We, we never break the posted speed limit. We ride at the posted speed limit. But <laughs> at all I, I, times. I can totally, I, I, I can totally see why the kids probably respond well to you because I was thinking of the video. So tying it into the videos a little bit, the thing I noticed in the videos that you do, which which is totally uh, alien to us here at Wheel Nerds, is you, you mix in some silly and fun with your information. What? We mixed in information that one time. That was pretty cool. Info what? <laughs> Infotainment. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah, we we might have gotten the in, but. <laughs> The thing I really liked about the presentation is at no point does it feel like you're talking down to me. It comes across as kind of that same vibe I'm getting here is, you know, I this seems to work, and it's wicked fun. Let's try it. Let's do it. Let's get excited together if, if about this. Have, if you can't have fun with motorcycles, then I'm afraid I'm pretty sure you can't have fun. And they're a great time. And, hey, you know what? So you like ones that have handlebars that are above your head, and I like ones that are wherever they got handlebars are good by me. Who cares? Just Go frickin' ride. Have a good time, man. So I gotta, I gotta ask about the videos, though. So the topics, a few of the topics are definitely, like, they go with your typical training things. How do I do a U-turn? How do I stop that, uh, the usual sort of basic skills to not hit things? Other than just basic skill stuff, because some of them are pretty pretty wacky, um, there's a few of just oddball, like, things on the street you see. Do you come up with these when you're just riding on the street, or do you, like, wake up in the morning and yell U-turns and your wife punches you and, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing? Uh, actually, we, we, we spend a little time, and, and uh, I'll be riding along, or, and I'll think, you know what, this is this is an important thing. Uh, like, one, the next one that we're going to do on the Roadworks series, which we've got about four of them up now, five mm. of them up now, is going uh, to be on situational awareness. Mm. That's and, a good one. Yeah, and, and you know, we did a 60-second a, a, a lesson on, on peripheral vision. Um, and there's some really cool stuff. I mean, we sit here and we, we look at things and we ask, you know, what, what kind of stuff would be important. I'm driving along. There's one on space and distance, time, you know, on following distance, basically. Because I'm riding along behind a guy, and I'm two seconds behind him. I'm looking at him. He's half a second behind a car. And I'm just thinking, you know what? If that car straddles anything, this dude's hitting it. But the, the bottom line is we have a good time. We're normal human beings. We're, we're not here to, to, you know, this is Crash and I. We have fun when we make videos. We hope the fun comes through. And we're not here to tell anybody that you have to do this or else you're a bad person. You know, if you get something from them, great, we're happy. If you don't, that's cool, man. I, I get to go. Hey, look, I got another view. So you're on the Motard now. Is that is that still accurate from the book? I, I kept them both. I, I I bought a second bike. I bought a, um, a Honda it's Phantom. Yeah, uh, Shadow Phantom. Okay. We bought it because it's raked out to 34 degrees, which is like you know kicked out to forever. It's longer than a Road King or King or an Electric Glide, and raked out more than them. Phantom can do it, anybody can do it. So we do things with the Phantom uh, right now to, to make sure everybody understands that, you know what, the stuff we talk about, dragging the rear brake, turning your head, 
you know, and all those things, a little bit of clutch, a little bit of throttle, all that stuff works on any bike at all. And I couldn't get rid of the Motard because that's like, you know, if you want me to sell the Motard, that's like getting in and saying, I want him to shoot the dog in Old Yeller. I think it'll be great. <laughs> the Motard has those big, sad eyes and it looks at you oh, it's, it's <laughs> into your very soul. Take the Motard behind the trailer. Have you ever ridden one? Yep. And no. they are fun, aren't they? They are wicked fun. And and my boss demonstrated why he was the boss with it by doing a stoppy <laughs> into the braking chute. And they just, it was pretty they, sweet. You, you, you think, I think you should turn right here, and they're already doing it, and, they, and they're just playful, fun, forgiving bike. So you guys got, you guys got, license, you got tiered licensing down there, don't you? Yes. Well, sort of. Kind, kind of. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Tiered licensing, but in order to test up to a higher bike, you have to have a higher bike to test on. Oh, catch-22. Yeah, it totally. Yeah. Well, that's okay. In Idaho, you know, you just got to have a, a headlight, uh, a front brake, and a tail light. You're pretty much good to go. Oh, yeah. so just like Utah, turn signals in Idaho are optional. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I said, I told somebody that once. I was like, you know, turn signals are optional in Utah, and they looked at me and said, that, they said, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is coming right off. <laughs> We're lucky. We have these like your county is displayed on your license plate. Okay. And there's some counties, and their numbers and letters, and, and it's like I'm in 2C because I'm in Canyon County. But if you see the 1J, it's just a little get away. Get away from it because it's coming out of Jerome, and, and I don't, they have more cows than people in Jerome. And that, that this, God knows what that thing's going to do until it's doing it. So situationally, <laughs> just give it as much space as you can because you don't know what it's going to do. That's most of Utah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Utah, I tell you, I was driving up from, I used to work at KUTV, and I was driving up from Provo to KUTV, and I was behind a big freaking uh, big truck, and I, I said, you know, I think I shall go around this truck. It's right by Point of the Mountain. And, and the little voice in my head said, you know, just kind of drift over. I was in a car. Just kind of drift over and look first to see what's going on. Maybe, you know, you never know. Because in Utah, it's not unusual to have the slowest traffic in the fast lane. So I kind of drift over, and I stick my head out just in time to see, Four headlights and a grill that said Pontiac, and boom, it goes the other way, and I'm stuck in to, to this day. All I remember is four headlights, a grill that says Pontiac, two hands on the steering wheel, and a Tom Landry hat <laughs> going the other direction, and then all of a sudden five or six troopers down going the, the right way, chasing them, trying to figure out how they're going to pull them over. And if I had just done what I was thinking about doing, we wouldn't be talking right now. Wow. Isn't Point of the Mountain where you avoided the hot tub, Chuck? Yes. <laughs> you know what I avoided this week? I love telling my student. Oh, God. What did you avoid this week? A stroller. <laughs> was it Was it speeding? <laughs> it floated out of the back of a pickup truck. Oh, wow. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. But, you see, that's the beauty of it, man. You, you, and if you look at the – and I was down there in April – and the road's all screwed up with those orange cones. And then you got, on top of that, you get people that are, you know, I don't need to secure this mattress. It's heavy. We'll just set it on top. And they get out on the road. The next thing you know, the most insane things are flying down the road. A V-Strom will drive over a mattress. Really? At, at speed? Uh-huh. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, you'll, you'll have to stop and unclench your butt cheeks from the seat afterwards. But uh, you, can, you can roll over the corner of a mattress. What does that feel like? Um, not like you'd expect. <laughs> you know, there's a whole bunch of jokes right here, but I'm going to walk away quietly on that one. 
Well, you know, I, I could have told the gross story about what it feels like when you run over a chipmunk with your front wheel when you're going at the posted limit on Monte Cristo. <laughs> no, Wolf Creek. Wolf Creek. I'll no, it's Monte Cristo. Uh, hey, you know, I, I used to, when we when we train, you always talk about there, how many chipmunks have you run over? Because I remember the one on Wolf Creek. The Strom is uh, okay. You don't get to make fun of the Buell eating rabbits ever again. <laughs> Birds and chipmunks love the Strom. <laughs> no more, ra- no more rabbit jokes. If you really want to make people crazy in a in a training environment, and you're trying, you have to teach surmounting. Tell them that yes, you can surmount cats. Okay, because then they'll call your boss. <laughs> Actually, I, uh, I I got the call about the box of kittens thing for the breaking exercise. <laughs> what? Well, you know, you're doing the braking exercise with them, and you're helping them visualize, and you're driving, you know, so you're helping them visualize, and you're like, okay, you're riding along, and everything's cool, and there's a truck, and everybody uses both brakes, and nah, 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 you know, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. bullshit. So, and then the next time, I'll use something like, a box of kittens, and you see who actually goes for their brakes. The one thing that people don't, they don't get pissed about if you tell them you can surmount badgers. <laughs> How many people have actually seen a badger? <laughs> oh, dude, I'm telling you, there's some kind of weird badger migration that goes on around up here, and also there's like a badger every two blocks. <laughs> wow. Oh, no, it's, it's crazy, and, and, uh, and they're, you know, they're freaky-looking devices, but, they're, and, 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 but they look like a speed bump. If you really look at them, and you just do a little throttle, back on the pegs, pull on the bars a little bit, and <laughs> boom, you're over. Are they like a squirrel where at first they're hard, but then they're squishy? Uh, well, you got to, you know, and the front wheel softens them up for the rear wheel. Mm-hmm. That's tenderizing, actually, more than anything. And, and, and it's okay, because I'm sure there's somebody who stops and goes, ooh, dinner. Rabbits, you don't even notice. <laughs> Especially not when they jump into your rear wheel. <laughs> Dude, that's like a freaking, that's like a Cuisinart, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I, I just I turned around and I saw the rabbit doing a triple backflip with its legs straight out. Oh wow! <laughs> and landing on its head. I figured we didn't need to go back for it. Rabbit was fine. <laughs> it got up the way. We probably could have sold that rabbit to the people in Big Piney for our lunch. <laughs> that rabbit lived a long and productive rabbit life in a rabbit church. <laughs> no. It had, it had a little limp, but it was okay. Baby rabbits cried themselves to sleep, Chuck. <laughs> Well, you know, but see, we get whistle pigs out here. Do you guys have whistle pigs? What the hell is You made that up. No, I'm just, I would if I could, but I can't, so I won't. Wait, he's going to be like, we get chupacabras out here. Do you guys oh, get those yeah. out there? Oh, right. i got to think of something to top <laughs> whistle pigs. They're, they're little things are about the size of a we squirrel got... without the tail. It's like a squirrel. Oh, remember the, the jackalope I hit the other day? Oh, oh, the, the pot guts. Yeah, okay. Hey, you the want to know why they're called whistle pigs? Okay. You, you'll love this. This is why they're called whistle pigs. When you hunt them, they're a little kind of almost like a mini prairie dog. You whistle, and they'll pop their heads up and go, what was that? And then you plug them. <laughs> so apparently you take your 22, you take your whistle, and you get whistle pigs. But during, during the March and April, there's a stretch of road back behind the, the, the airport here, and they run back and forth across the road. And when one gets hit, the other ones come out and start freaking chewing on their body. He's, he's talking about whistle pigs. He, he runs from bulls. Is there electricity where you live, Crash? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have a theory. Crash, are you local color? I'm here to tell are you, you that, that it's, Crash World is a wonderful place to be. Are you, are you wearing overalls? No, my wife Do you have crash. both your shoes? <laughs> Mrs. Crash has got them on. I, you know, I, I am I, just, not just going so you, there. Just so you understand... I've got, I'm, I'm, and this is the out-of-control nature of my life. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, 45 minutes from Frisco, 45 minutes from Santa Cruz, 
Um, you know, and now I've got five cows, a bull, six cows, a bull, three horses, two fainting goats. If you can't have fun, don't do it. And so when I, whenever somebody comes up and says, Dad, we should have a fainting goat, I'll go, okay, that'd be kind of fun, and i do it. Just like when somebody walks up and says, hey, we're doing a charity ride, you want to go along? Well, that's like 600 bikes in a row. Yeah, but it's, it's going to be fun, trust me. Oh, okay, I'm in. Because you know what? If you can't have fun with, mo- fun with motorcycles, you can't have fun. And in your life, it's the same thing. Then try different stuff. Have some fun. I would have never thought, never in a million years, would I have thought that I would have a good time having horses. I, you know, horses, where I grew up, I used to deliver hay for one of the jobs I had, the, the truck driving job I had. And I See? That, I'm, I'm making a list. I need another piece of paper. <laughs> the dude's but done hay, everything. Hay, hay meant girls. It meant rich girls. Because you take it up in the hills, these big fancy houses, and you drop the hay off, and you maybe get to meet the girls. And I always—oh my god, my fiance owns people. this book. Are you the guy with the shirt that never stays on on the cover of these books? <laughs> Trust me, even Mrs. Are Crash, you Roberto? Move my shirt off. You're Roberto. <laughs> but it's fun. <laughs> Here, you want to get freaked out? Ask me. Say, hey, Crash. Um, I know it was a short day at school today. What did you do when you got home? You ask him, I don't want to <laughs> Crash, I, I know it was a short day at, at school today. What what did you do when you got home? Cut down a tree with a chainsaw. 24-inch tree. It was fun. I thought I was going to land on the car, but I missed. Thank God. I thought it was, was going to have something to do with Mrs. Crash and overalls. <laughs> <laughs> that costs extra. That's a, that's a good idea. I got to go. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> I have to hang up the phone. Bye. Peace out. Thump, thump, thump. Get this start up the chainsaw, honey. <laughs> oh Lord. Yep. <laughs> now we've gone properly wheel nerds. <laughs> uh, we're having fun now. And that's and plus the chainsaw is the only thing that's two stroke anymore you can get. You know. <laughs> two stroke. <laughs> and do, you have, do you have any good, like really like really bad student stories? Because you've got stories on everything else. I, I want to hear about the, the student that launched themselves into orbit. We, I'll tell you one. Here's one. I'm, I'm buying, minding my own business. I'm, at the other, I'm, on, I'm the B guy. I'm on the other end of the range. I'm watching the, we're doing an exercise, and this gal comes over. She stops next to the uh, other instructor, and they talk for a minute. And she's on a Nighthawk uh, 250. And, and, then, and then I see him talking. I'm kind of watching everybody, and everything's cool. And she drops the clutch like a hammer. And it wheelie big. And both, both feet are off the pegs. Classic, whoa. She put it right back down. And I thought, oh, good. She saved it. Then, I don't know what happened, but she launched that thing. It popped up out from under her, up in the air, landed on the rear wheel, kept going. She did the, she did the tailpiece. She did the headlights. She did the front fender, both mirrors and handlebars, and even managed to dent the tank. And I go, and so now we get the thing stopped, and we're going over and... and are you okay and all that stuff? And her best friend's in the class, and she's like, I'm not riding anymore. And the best friend's going, not me either. And I'm like, oh, great. Let's, let's just cancel the day on that one. <laughs> so I go up, and I go to the other instructor, and I go, dude, what did she talk, stop to talk to you about? And he goes, oh, she just stopped to talk because she said she was feeling a little uncomfortable on the bike. <laughs> so she threw oh. away. That's what she did with it, I guess, huh? Well, so you can loop a Nighthawk. I'm feeling bad I sold mine now. <laughs> It was impressive. I mean, it she's, really launched. I, I was looking she, at it. She, I haven't seen that kind of stuff since you know, down in Hollister at the at the over at the off road vehicle park. I mean, she just launched that thing, and it did the hop. You know, they jump up in the air, mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. did the hop, and it landed and it spun, and it did. I mean, every 
every surface of the motorcycle touched the ground. <laughs> she was feeling uncomfortable on the bike, so I told her to whack the throttle open. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not very comfortable on this motorcycle. Here, pin it and dump the clutch. <laughs> Just get rid of it. <laughs> oh, <God>. Eject. Eject. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> now you'll never want to ride again. Mission accomplished. <laughs> nice job. Well, yeah, and and and, and you know, and if you teach, you also get those guys that they want to argue with you. You know, that come in and they want to say, "Hey, oh, oh, know, I love them. I know what I'm doing," and you're going not as well uh, as you think you know what you're doing. Uh, and and so you, you get those people that come in and they try to tell you what what they should be doing. You, and that's one of those real challenges. And this is the and tell me if you had this experience. It's the husband wife conundrum. You get a husband uh, and a wife in class. The wife passes and the husband doesn't. Oh, I can, I can, I can top that one. I had, I had. We'll call him. We'll call them Billy and Sally because I call every young couple Billy and Sally. <laughs> so Billy and Sally come rolling in, and uh, Sally is smoking hot, like really smoking, like model hot. And Billy is kind of a. You may have heard of a site called Hot Chicks with Douchebags dot com. <laughs> uh, I think they were on it. Yeah, they were on it. But so so they come in and Billy's all, you know, like telling Sally what to do to the point that I have to tell Billy. I'm like, okay, look, you go sit on your bike over there and she's going to sit on hers. You listen to me and you stop freaking talking to her. <laughs> you go sit on your bike over there and I'm going to sit here and talk to your lady. <laughs> <laughs> so so after I separate them, you know, things are going basically okay. Billy's passable but sort of useless and Sally's a little scared. Sally starts to really surpass Billy, and Billy starts to get increasingly nervous until the point in the great culmination of it all when Billy comes into the raking chute and I get to jump over the front wheel of a sliding GZ250 <laughs> as Billy goes underneath me at speed. <laughs> he was just mad you were talking to his girl. I, well, you know, and then Sally, <laughs> Sally goes and picks him up, and he like he does the, no, don't talk to me kind of hands and walks away and gets in the car, and Sally looks at him for a minute and shrugs and goes and gets back on her bike and finishes the class. <laughs> Oh man! Yep, that was. Uh, I don't. I don't know how that ended, but uh, anytime you get a couple in, I don't care who they are. There's one of yeah, them that yeah. knows what they're doing, and one of them that says, um, "I know they don't." So, would you teach me, please? Oh, dude, it's crazy. I, I you know, I, sh- I used to shoot news. I was a, a commercial producer for five, six See? years, and so I've been a lot of crazy, weird, cool places in my life. You know, I, I remember one time, to give you an idea, I'm standing, I'm in a fire, I'm a news shooter, and I'm in a fire, and I'm looking around, and I'm right by the fire truck, and I'm getting great shots of this fire, and I'm going, where the hell are all the firemen? And I, I look through, and all the firemen are standing behind the fire truck. And I, I look at them, and I'm standing out, and, you know, next to the fire truck, fully exposed, and they're all hiding behind the fire truck, and I go... What's um? What's going on, guys? What's the deal? How come you're behind? It? And they they said, oh, the propane tanks that have been exploding on the roof. There's a couple more le- left to go, and so we're going to stand <laughs> here. <laughs> and I went, oh, and it's, and they pointed Good plan. The, they pointed the ground around me, and I realized because there's about six inches of snow on the ground. And they pointed the ground around me, and I see all these freaking glowing pieces of shrapnel of melted big holes in the snow. And I go, oh, and it's just hard for me to be with them. So you, you know. You know, there's a book you should read that has a part about situational awareness in it. It's by this guy in Idaho. Uh. <laughs> you learn from your mistakes, though. That's the beautiful part. And, and, that, and, that's why, and that's why when it comes to safety, there's that term out there, safety Nazis. Because the safety Nazis, when they come out, they, they pretend like they've never done the dumb thing before. You know what? I do stupid stuff. 
and I lived through it, and I can help you live through it. So let's get along, dude. There's no reason to look down your nose at somebody. Just have some fun. Accept what it is. I've thrown the motorcycle down. I'm not embarrassed about it. I, you know, I got the name Crash because I had a 1980 RM400, and that motorcycle would do exactly what I told it to do. And I told Which it, was crash. <laughs> dude, you know, it's a two-stroke, it's a 400. It's like, is this thing on? And all of a sudden, holy crap! And, and you're in the trees. <laughs> and, and so I, I'm real comfortable with the idea that everybody makes mistakes. And I don't need somebody telling me not to make mistakes that, A, they haven't made, or, B, they won't admit. And B is the worst part. And that's what, that's what kids at the high school respect, and, and that's what other writers respect, I think, sometimes, is the fact that I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to say, hey, I've never made that stupid mistake, or I've never been around that thing. I've been there, I've done that, and trust me, you don't want to. You know, when I, uh, I'm going to tell you more than I probably should, but when this kid was sitting there with me today saying I didn't graduate, I've been the guy, I looked at him, look him in the eye and said, you know what, I'm a teacher. I was the guy who sat in the audience at my graduation, and you do not want to be that guy. Now here's how you fix it. Go fix it. And that's the kind of honesty I think people respect. That's what we, we try to get into all the videos and the end of the book is, you know what, we're not going to lie to you. I'm just as dumb as the next guy. I just have fun doing it. You know what else he said in the book was fun? Girls. I like girls. Girls are good. He said they were fun. I got girls when I got older and stopped playing Dungeons and Dragons. Winning stopped. And, and when you discovered your life changed, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> For the better. Yes. I trained up my charisma even more. Yeah, yeah. And you learned all about hygiene. <laughs> well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Hey, Thanks thank for talking you. to you us. You guys be safe, okay? Take it easy. Bye-bye. Okay. That was, uh, that was great talking to, to Crash. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good book. It's a good book, good videos, good guy. Yeah, good guy. He's and funny. We have a test ride this week. Oh my God, a test ride. We actually got the, we convinced people to ride bikes. Well, yeah. Well, we didn't have to, it was a demo day at the BMW dealer and they brought, yep. brought in a fleet of bikes. So as you may or may not be aware, BMW's got a fancy new six-cylinder engine that they're putting out in the GT and the GTL. The K1600 GT GTL. Yep. The new Dusving. Yes, and it's it's good we rode this bike because it, it's a great comparison to the Harley we rode. Excellent comparison to the Harley. In fact, I think I think we need to go rent a Goldwing over at that place that rents them so we can do the full road sofa comparison. Right. You're riding, bitch. Because <laughs> we can't afford to. We could tr- follow and trade. I'm not riding, bitch. You've got a drink holder back there. Fuck you. So we rode Das Ving. Yep. So we went uh, went over to the uh, the BMW demo day. They had the trailer parked at the uh, local BMW place. I like that. Did they do the same route for you up over? Yeah, Sun they did Crest? a pretty good route. They did uh, as opposed to a uh, more common sort of demo ride, which is usually on like industrial park roads. They actually did one up over uh, the local neighborhood here that has a fairly up over a road. mountain yeah, range. Up over a mountain. It my, was cool, yeah. My, my group was particularly funny, though, because there's one guy in the back of my group who clearly scared the shit out of himself with this bike because we got going, and he dropped way back. Oh, wow. And basically the tail gunner ended up just escorting him very slowly back to the dealership. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What was the, Okay, what was your standout feature on this bike? Okay, standout feature on this bike, gadgetry. 
freaking love the gadget tree. Holy I love the electronic adjustment of suspension and the electronic adjustment of the power thing. I think that is awesome. That is so cool. That was that was my standout too. But I was playing with that thing the entire oh, run. Oh, nonstop. <laughs> Although I did find I did find the adjustments on this one, and I'm assuming maybe you can customize it, kind of. So the suspension has comfort mode, which was like super slush bucket. Yep, I hated it. That's Normal, funny. which was somewhat slushy. The guy, the, one of the guys in my tour group, loved the comfort because he was just like it made everything go away on the road. I was just relaxing. Oh god, it was terrifying in corners. I'm like, oh, I'm on your old suspension. What's going on? But it's cool because you can turn it off. That was my favorite thing about it is I can go slush bucket for the highway when I'm just going in a straight line and I don't want to feel anything. Yep. And I can turn it to sport, which is maybe a little on the stiff side. Like somewhere between normal and sport, I think, lives the nice medium. Mm-hmm. Similarly, the power stuff, well, there's really only two in the power one. There's there's rain and there's sport and there's dynamic, which is like, which is, I don't know, tries to outsmart you. Yeah. What do you, you think of that stuff, the power stuff? Oh, man. I, I like the dynamic setting the best. I, yeah. I stayed on that one. Okay. Uh, a lot of the way when we were coming down Stonecrest, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the same for you, but once we got over the mountain and we were coming down, he, our leader, pulled way ahead, and he's like, hit it, go. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's just like, nail it. Yeah. <laughs> and we got the little pre-talk, you know, yep, the, pre, yep. the pre-ride talk. He's like, you know, if you don't feel like doing it, I'm going to wave. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. And everyone's just like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to hit it. Though apparently there was someone in your group who wouldn't do that. <laughs> oh, God, no. But, man, yeah, I, I got on that sucker and wow. And I had the Disney Channel radio blaring the whole time. I will say I will say the speakers were vastly inferior to the Harleys. That's true. They were not as cool they as the Harleys. They were rubbish by comparison. And I know the seats adjustable. They told me after the ride the seats are adjustable on these bikes, but I I think Harley had a better seat. I was mostly just enjoying the fact that it was heated. Now, I do want to talk about it in, in comparison to the Harley. My observation of the power mode was the rain mode was okay. It felt a little there – there was a noticeable, like, delay in the, in yeah. the throttle in the rain I, mode. I didn't like that the It really rain. pissed me off. Yeah. Like, I, didn't, was, I didn't like the rain And I found mode. dynamic had a little bit of it, too, and that was infuriating me. So I pretty much put it into sport and just left it there. Okay. I did find it was a little tetchy in sport because the bike keeps even, – even in sport mode, the bike keeps trying to outsmart you. Like, if you're a little not so good on the clutch, it, it like, helps you mm. clutch by, you know, changing the revs a little. And I, I was – I like the electronic adjustability, but I don't want the bike to try to outsmart me. Mm-hmm. I just not, I'm not into that. It was re- – yeah, it was definitely noticeable in rain mode. Mm. And, I, you know, I, I guess I would learn to appreciate that, but it's sort of a learning curve because you're so used – not having a bike trying to think for you that hard. Yeah, and I, I think I, I actually found it distracting to a large degree. I think I would I would want it to not try to outsmart me on that stuff. I mean, it's one thing to change the throttle response, and I think that's a great thing. But don't 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 try to outsmart me. And I'm sure there's studies that say it's smarter than you are, but I I don't like it. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I could see it being something like ABS where you get used to it. Yeah. And then you just don't think about it. And then the problem, you go back to your another bike and you're just like, so I did one thing I did like about this. And I've ridden the old, the K 1200 LT, which was terrible. They messed that one up pretty good. It had the servo assisted brakes and the ABS. There was no feel on the brakes and they were stop right now. Oh, there was like yeah. a light switch brakes. Now the 1600, I thought had some actual, it, it was still not great feel. Like there wasn't a whole lot of feel to them and they were still really strong, but there was more feel to them. I was really concerned about the, about the brakes because i'd ridden the 1200 rt mm-hmm. which basically is the, the pinky Stop brakes right yeah, yeah yeah on off switch brakes and yeah. I, I didn't get that but brakes i could feel yeah they're they're getting better they're still not there like compared to like a K, set of ktm brakes 
still not there. KTM brakes are amazing. They're super duper strong, but they have amazing feel. So it's not very scary if you know what you're doing. Okay. These were just amazingly better than what they've done. Well, right. And I, I just, frankly, I think what they've done in the past is, you know, yes, it stops well, but the ability to control it is just so rubbish. Other people have done really strong ABS brakes better. Triumph has done brakes thousand times better than BMW with all the gadgetry. Yep. So I, I think BMW's brakes being as rubbish as they were, but there was no excuse. And they, they, they clearly are working to improve it. Yeah. And I think they've done a really good job. That that mm-hmm. K1600 was I, – I, I didn't notice the, the brakes being – Something I really had to think about. Stop now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> and as always, the windshield on those bikes make me hate everything about all of my bikes. <laughs> I don't – I do not understand. I, I couldn't stand it. Really? It made me nuts. Oh, man. I love so, those So things. let's talk about the bike. So the, the gadgetry is great. That six-cylinder engine is really fun. That oh, is really great. I, uh, that was a hoot. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think what they've done here is they've taken great gadgetry and a great engine and they've put it in a decidedly meh bike. I was really not that psyched about the bike. The seat, not all that great. No. The wind protection, trash. My Strom is better. I mean, that that windshield had the lowest setting where you had tons of buffeting. Yeah. And it had the high setting where you get tons of back pressure. And everything in the middle was some mix of buffeting and back pressure. There's never like a nice clean airstream. If you ride something like an ST1100 or an FJR with a big windshield or a concourse, you get a nice clean airstream because you have a complete fairing and a windshield that go on it. And it's nice and calm. I didn't get that at any point riding this bike. And it really made me nuts because that, that to me seems like a basic thing you want huh. on a touring bike. When I had the, the windshield all the way up on the bike, I felt pretty neutral. Yeah, I didn't feel like I was. I was getting really crazy back pressure, like pushing on the back of my head. Really, pressure. I, yeah. I wasn't getting that on this okay. bike. I was. It was the same kind of experience I had on on the RT, where mm-hmm. once the windshield's all the way up, mm-hmm. it's like you're in this weird bubble. Mm-hmm. I could take my helmet off. I could look around. I could you know sip some coffee. Yeah, do a crossword. <laughs> It was really, huh. it was just this weird kind of dead space you're sitting in for me when I had the windshield all the way mm-hmm. up, you know. And then yeah, I could listen to my Disney Channel radio because that's what I do now that I'm a dad. Yep. I, I, got, the, I got the noise all the time. And then, like I said, the radio is nowhere near as good as the one on the Harley. Not even, not even close. That windshield makes me nuts about my bikes. That's why I've got like such a weird, complicated sure. thing on the Buells. Yeah. You know, I've got the California scientific windshield mad scientist drilled yep. onto a mad stat bracket, mm-hmm. which works really well, yep. but nothing like that. Hmm. And Interesting. as soon as I was back on the Buell, I could notice it right away. And I was just like, Grr! yeah, why? Yeah, so so I guess I'm curious. So you, you felt the same way I did about the seat, which is that for a seat as expensive as that bike is going to be, which is a lot when it's out in 2012. Yeah, like it, that seat wasn't up to wasn't up to snuff. No, Harley killed them. Harley on destroyed the, them yeah, on the seat. The, the, yeah, because the seat on the Harley felt a lot like when I sat on your Strom. Mm-hmm. It felt like that kind. Well, of... Well, it's wide enough for one butt, yep. and it actually has some support throughout, as yep. opposed to just in the middle, which is how the Beamer seat felt. Yeah. Hard spot in the middle to hold you up and then nothing on the outsides. There was a guy who was in our demo group. It was his third ride of the day on the same bike. Mm -hmm. So they had adjusted the seat for him. He had gotten in a position he was mostly comfortable with. But it was still something like, why do you have to fiddle that badly with it? Yeah, this is supposed to be the competing product. Now, the other thing I noticed about it, if this is a competing product for a long-haul tourer, there is no friggin' room anywhere on this bike. You are, I mean, I was frankly found the cockpit a little scrunched. Uh, yeah, I didn't like the position. Yeah. I, I felt, quick, but quick you know, I, in my head I was like, well, this is meant to be a sport tour. 
So, but there was nothing sporty about it. I mean, your 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 feet were in front of you instead of underneath you. You know, your hands were up really super close. Yeah, I, I was. I, I I didn't think much of the position or the cockpit at all. I was really, you know, I was not psyched about those aspects of it. It, it wasn't as comfortable as the Harley. Yeah, that's and for that's, sure. The thing um, that kept going through my mind is like, if I was buying a long distance tour right now, the Harley is still absolutely pasting the BMW. They they pick it up and they take its lunch money and leave it on the side of the road crying. Right, its pants B- around its ankles. The the BMW is basically a, a technology showcase. This is totally a technology showcase. That was the same thing I got. It's a tech demo. That's all this bike is. They refined this for a couple of years. I can see this being an absolutely sweet, sweet bike. But right now, this is a technology showcase. Yes. Look it at how cool the engine Really is. fucking cool technology. It's awesome technology. But, but it's not the top of what you're, you could do. There's nothing else to it. Yeah. I mean, look, cool technology in a, in a frankly, a pretty, pretty meh bike. I mean, you, you ride it and then you're like, man, I wish the Harley had this feature and this feature and this feature. And, you know, you could probably you know, add that on. Yeah. Well, the Har- Harley, Harley's got throttle by wire, so there's no reason you couldn't adjust it that way with the computer. Yeah. You know? It's got the better sound system. It's Vastly got the better the, sound system. The better posture, the better, better air, seat. Better posture. I mean, frankly, the, the thing that surprised me was the handling on the Harley. Oh, God. It was yeah. as good or better. Yeah, yeah. This I, thing, the BMW rides big. Yeah. Like, that was the thing that really got me about it that I was surprised by because they talk about, ooh, it's a tour, but it's sporty. And I'm riding, I'm like, this rides awful damn big it does ride pretty big i could see it from the other way where they just got the harley so right that it rides sure it it, well look it's riding competitively with the sporty bmw but i guess that's my that's my that's my point is this is this is the competition it shouldn't yeah if you're going to claim this you know isn't amazing And, and frankly on a bike whose position should be able to be much better handling because you can you know do a lot more with your front end than you can on a harley yeah it's not there yet. Yeah. No, it's just not there. I think yeah, I think yeah. Harley remains the top road sofa. The uh, the the BMW has cool technology, but it just isn't there yet. Awesome tech, awesome engine, and they just they put it in a bike which is just not so great. So disappointing. It feels not completed. I'd want to see what these GTLs are like in two three years because I bet the people who have them are going to have you know feelings about them like mm-hmm. we do, and they're going to make changes to it, and you're going to end up with something which is probably pretty good. If they can get a good bike wrapped around this power plant and this system, they're going to have something really cool. BMW has shown they can do that. Mm-hmm. They're they're good, good at that. Yep. So I'll be really I'll be really interested to see this in a few years. The 2012 models. Uh, let someone else work out the kinks. Frankly. Yeah, especially at that price tag. Actually, so you know that's that raises a question: Are you an early adopter, or, or do you like to wait for a little baking to well, be done? You know, it depends. If the early adoption is giving me some sort of value proposition that's really amazing mm-hmm. and that just rips my pants off, sure. I mean, that Harley—that's the first year they've used that frame and that power plant, um, and it worked really well. Yeah, and it worked really well, but. It's also the first year they're using the BMW one, but look at the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, uh, the Harley feels more finished. In general, I think the early adopting is cool if it's a bike that really, frankly, most of it comes down to, is it awesome? Do you you f- yeah, does it make you feel awesome? A bike's, it, yeah. a bike's always subjective. Yeah, bike, bikes need to make you feel awesome or don't buy it. And if it makes you feel awesome, go for it. Be an early adopter. I think in general, I am less inclined to be an early adopter because those guys who buy it the first year will work out a lot of the irritating kinks. Yeah, I, I go for the early adopter because I do like the shiny new stuff. And, and I do, yeah, you, you, you get the kind of irritating little kinks. But, yeah, I do like having that shiny first. 
Yeah, well, I think I think I gotta say my my impression overall of the Beamer. It's got a lot of shiny things, and there are a lot of shiny things about it. But there, the annoying kinks are far too many and far too serious to make this something that I'd pick up. I wouldn't pick it up either. For me, it was there wasn't enough to wow me on that bike. I was frankly very disappointed that when I pressed the menu button, a black helicopter did not show up to serve me food. I thought about that as I was riding. Chuck's going to be sad. <laughs> there was no schnitzel. Helga did not show up. Hello. There was nothing. Oh, by the way, I did check the luggage with a helmet. And I probably look like a complete weirdo doing this, okay. waiting for the demo ride. So you can get a full-face helmet in each of the three bags it has. So the bags are actually pretty spacious. Okay. And they have a pretty trick-locking system. Could you get one or two? One in each. You couldn't get two in the trunk. That's like was, my trunk. Yeah, which was mildly disappointing, but you can get one into it. And it's bigger than your trunk. It's You can get one helmet, and like if you could slice a helmet in half, you could kind of fit it next to it. The bike didn't wow me enough with the parts it was supposed to wow me with yeah. to make up for everything else being, yeah, okay. You know, I wonder how much of that is part of their problem, because they, they're hyping this thing as like, it's the tour that's sporty! And it's kind of not that sporty. Not sporty enough to, to really... No, I mean, you know, and I'm thinking as compared to something, and keep in mind what this bike also has to compete with, has to compete with things like the Honda ST series. No. Which rail. No. I mean, it's got to compete with the FJRs, you know, the, the new Goldwings, which I'm told are like very sport bikey. Yeah. You know, it's competing with things which are getting really good handling in a tournament with a Harley, which has amazing handling. The Victory Space Couch. Yeah, we got to try the Space Couch too. So I think we, I think we can safely say the uh, the BMW K1600 GTL. It's a good start, but I think that's all it is. Yeah, for the the money they want for it, it's just not enough for me. Harley is still winning on the uh, the Wheel Nerds Road Sofa Score Sheet. Yeah, that's right. We said it. Harley's winning. Hey. They brought the rain. <laughs> All right, let's talk about listener Q and A. I see we have some Q and A this week. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. curious about it. A whole it. bunch. Yeah, this is. We, let's we, start with this one. This one is from uh, Cindy in uh, Boise. Cindy writes, "Todd is really, really cool. What? I can't believe no one has sent Todd fan mail yet. What? But they've sent Chuck fan mail. Chuck smells funny. Let me and see that. <laughs> is this your handwriting? I transcribed it." It's not even – this isn't even a complete letter. And it's signed Betty. I uh, No, the next one is signed Betty. I did the Cindy one. For, <laughs> Team uh, Todd? Okay, the Team Todd one was brilliant. <laughs> Team Todd is awesome. you got to give me credit for that. I, you, is it really bother you that bad I got that email list? You don't go to hell. <laughs> I mean – I'm not talking to you. I, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's uh, – we we got you got that one compliment on the website from our or one of our Canadian listeners. That's true. He, I pop. Well, I'm very big in Canada. You you are <laughs> apparently big in Canada. We have two Canadian listeners. Well, two that fess up to being Canadian. I think I just lost them. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to say thank you and merci to the Canadian <laughs> listeners. So, what have you learned this week, Todd? I've learned that sometimes you got to put the band in the bounce house. <laughs> I've learned that pineapple picking is preferable to jail. All right. Well, with that word of wisdom, I want to remind everybody, if you want to send us Chuck hate mail and Todd love mail, send it to wheelnerds at gmail.com or visit us at wheelnerds.com. Well, there's no reason to hate me. Oh. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> so very many. All right, folks, that's all I've got time for this week. Until next week, I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everybody. We'll see you next week. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.